Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. And we thank you for following along. If you are keeping track of the series, we are moving into part four of the mystery of one, unity in the church. And, and what we've been talking about in, in a broad spectrum, in case for some reason you're just now tuning in, is number one, is unity attainable? Like, what did Yeshua have to say about it? Is it for us today in this age, this church age that we're in? Um, and, of course, we start off primarily with a, a, a very general baseline understanding of one in the Scriptures. Um, the Akkad reality in the Old Testament of, of uh, Yahweh himself and how that moves into the Son, uh, the Emmanuel reality, um, where, where Yahweh became flesh and dwelled among us, and he and the Son were and are one, and then that invitation is extended to us as we looked at in the scriptures where Yeshua, <clears throat> towards the very end of his life, just days away from his crucifixion, he, he asked the Father to make us one as they are. And so th this is a, is a mystery, and as I've tried to make clear, we don't have to understand it all perfectly for it to be true or for us. We, we have been We've kind of been baited into uh, the the age of reason, and we have to come up with explanations and scientific evidence about creation facts or science, and science backs up the Bible. And now we know for certain because a certain artifact artifact was found that something from First Kings chapter four really did happen. And friends, I'm just telling you, we have to be a people of faith. We have to be a people who believe. Period. Whether I understand it perfectly or not is entirely irrelevant. So it would be good for us to add that to our life in this as well as we talk about the mystery of, of one. And uh, we talked a little bit at the end of, of part three um, for a, a tiny bit of review um, <clears throat> just about the scriptures that, that lend to remind us that we need other people. We we. We have got to be aligned with others within body of Messiah, and the necessity of that is is paramount. And what that looks like is going to be different for many of us, and it's going to play out in different ways, of course, but it has to look like something. We, again, the, the people reality, the nation reality of what we have been grafted into as we've, we've returned from the nations, those of us who have, through Messiah, gone to the Father— um, it is it is a it is a plurality of people. It it, it is a again a body of of a rainbow of humanity, and we all bring our own facets, our own abilities, our own giftings, our own thought patterns, our own ways of looking at things, our own ways of studying Scripture, our own ways of communicating, yes. But all of those things have to be lost or, 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 or put into the whole. They have to be appropriately applied to the whole for the greater good of the building of, of Messiah. And I want to speak to this for just a moment because between part three and now, uh, through, the, through the beauty of video, you don't know this, but I, I took a break for lunch. And I talked to my son and my wife for a little bit about what I believe Holy Spirit is saying, primarily in part two and part three, um, and especially in part three, as I was sharing with them what Father, I believe, is wanting us to understand um, about the living stones reality and, 
And in, even as I, <clears throat> as I told them, it became more alive, a, a more alive again to me um, than it did when I first said it out of my mouth roughly about an hour ago now. I, I just see the, the, the imagery of, of individual living stones by themselves. Um, as we already talked about, isolated and alone and just hurt by the church and and dis- discarded in many cases. Um, I was that way for myself. And as I already shared, we went through that phase of, of just removing ourselves from the building. <laughs> um, and I don't mean church building. I mean the building up of, of the temple of, of Yahweh. Um, and we said, you know what? We're going to be over here for a while. Um, we just can't do it. And many people I know and love are just isolated stones um, in in hurt and in differences and disgruntledness and and just not really knowing how to be a part of the whole of the entire body and so you have those and then the other as i saw as i was explaining this to my family is i saw in my imagination now i saw piles of rocks there might be 150 in in this pile and there might be 30 in this pile and over here, you know, that's a pretty big pile. There's there's a thousand. And there and each one of them are trying to establish a unity in and of themselves in a pile of living stones. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? The imagery is very real to me. And and we could thereby say, if we spent the time which will move quickly past this, is to me this is the sects, S-E-C-S-C-T-S of the church. Um, divisions, uh, denominations, um, cults, communities, uh, uh, very, very uh, isolated groups and pockets of of the 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 deconstructed building. We have this here, this here, that over there, that over there, us over here, and 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 there is no unified endeavor to establish the structure. Okay, and again, to reiterate what we talked about with the um, Abram and Lot example is each individual group individually and collectively have so much usually doctrinal substance to use the word that was back in Genesis. So much substance, so much stuff that we will not let go of. We will not abandon these things, our preferences for the greater good. And for the establishing and building up of the one building, okay? The one structure where Yahweh himself can dwell. So I just submit to to, uh, you again uh, that for consideration because I really feel that there's some some spiritual prowess within that. Now, moving on to uh, part four here. To be clear, true unity is not at all just about loving each other and never disagreeing. Um, a lot of people will propose that that the true sign of a godly fellowship or a godly unified group of believers is that they never disagree and that there is a unified doctrine, there is a unified code of living, and there are all these things with no deviation and no discrepancy whatsoever. Um, now, now, instead of, of that, which is just like everything's fine, like there are issues we need to talk about, no— I love you, brother. It's okay. I love you. And we just kind of, you know, again, we stay up here. We don't really give ourselves in the in the dwelling together reality that I proposed earlier that I believe the Scripture is saying. We're talking about a, a, 
uh, um, <clears throat> a unified endeavor of being in intimacy with with others, of revealing myself as vulnerable. And I have problems and I have questions and I have doubts and I have things I don't yet understand and may never will. But this is me really. This is who I really am. So that what you know and what you see is true to who I really am. Now, I do believe that that true unity is walking true to yourself, willing to just admit, I, I got, I've got some stuff now. I've got some substance here, and I don't want to let it go. And I can admit that, and I think without going into it, I think that's the letting go. That's at least step one of the letting go is saying, you know what? I've just got too much substance, and brother, I, I need your help to, to, to get rid of it and to ditch it overboard and let it go so that we can be together in unity. Um, so it is walking true to yourself and laboring to be unoffendable, always striving for unity of the Spirit. Now, striving for unity of the Spirit, which supersedes unity in the natural or unity towards beliefs. Unity of the Spirit should be the preeminent drive behind us discovering the mystery of the One. Because can we not say, the Father and the Son are in perfect, perfect unity together because of there is no, there's no differing approach to what needs done, to what needs accomplished, to what needs fulfilled. Father's ways are the one way, period. There's no other. Okay? So unity is, is also not silence towards matters for the sake of agreeing. Like we don't just ignore tough things, hard things, because, well, we don't want to be out of unity together. No. But rather a church that disagrees is fine as long as they equally choose to constantly endure together for the greater cause. What cause? Again, we are told um, in the scriptures uh, in part three early on, I believe, that this, a people who love one another, according to how Yeshua loved the church, will point people to him, will point to him and say he is Messiah by their their conduct, their, their literal living together and dwelling in unity, will point to Messiah and say he was who he said he was because the the fruit of our lives identify literally identifies him that itself is somewhat mysterious now listen to this <clears throat> this quote that i wrote um a few days ago i was talking to a brother about this and i just kind of stopped i got to write that down this is personal for me me today right now i have ceased looking for people that are like me in the body of messiah now instead I simply look to humbly walk alongside the people that Father has led me to for His determined seasons. Okay, let me read that again. Because I believe that this is, this is a, a, a treasure uh, box of sorts that, that Father has led me to that I have not, I have not possessed well uh, for years previous. That I started coming into this about two years ago. <clears throat> so it's still relatively new in my life. I have ceased looking for people who are just like me within the body of Messiah. People who, as I already alluded to, we won't rehash it all, but people that just their lives are just like mine. Instead, I don't look for these people anymore. 
Instead, I now simply look to humbly walk alongside the people that Father has led me to today for His determined seasons. As I said, there are people who are in our lives intimately that do feasts and Sabbath, that are pursuing obedience to Torah, that are are doing all these things which are very aligned with, with our way of life right now, spiritually speaking. But a lot of those people, um, <clears throat> according to lifestyle, don't live like us, like we choose to live. So what do I do? Well, they do this, and we would never do that, but we have this in common, so we weigh, so should we really be with them? You know, we, we complicate it, and we, we try to rationalize who we're supposed to be with, okay? There are other people that that we are that we love and have known for years that that don't do anything around feasts and Sabbath at all, and may even think that Torah is is a burdensome old law that we are not supposed to have anything to do with anymore. It was for the Jews. Well, does that mean we don't communicate with them, fellowship with them, sit beside them, and sing a song? No. Matter of fact, just a week or two ago, my wife went to a Christmas concert with a, with a dear sister she's getting to know. Why? <laughs> because of what I'm saying. Because we are people who are willing to take our strong convictions. Now, if you want anybody who has strong convictions, it's right here. But I'm willing to say for the unity of the body, according to the Spirit now, I can set that right here. I don't discard it. I don't leave it. I don't get rid of my convictions and even my biblical counsel that I live according to, according to how I see it and perceive it to be. I don't just get rid of it, but I put it in its place because I desire unity between the brothers. I desire that more than I desire to hold on to my doctrinal differences. We say, well, I can't go any further with you, brother, because you know how I feel about that matter. Because you know I don't agree with that. And we draw lines of, brother, I'll go with you in your journey to here, but this is where you and I will not be able to, to, in unity, be together. And again, I'm talking about in our hearts now. In our hearts, I'm not necessarily talking about in lifestyle or proximity or geographical location, okay? I'm talking about in here because in here I'm I'm a heart guy. <clears throat> First and foremost, it's got to be about the posture of our heart as we as we look upon our brothers in Messiah. Am I yielded to the point where I prefer them so much and I so desire this reality to maintain the mystery of one and true spiritual supernatural unity between the myself and the rest of the body that I'm willing to put these things in their proper place to labor alongside you and endure long. Why? To help build this house, to help erect this structure where God can dwell. <clears throat> so we've got to stop only looking and waiting for the people that meet our, our personal, even biblical now, criteria and standards. Listen, church, to what I'm saying. If we don't do this, if we don't start doing this, the church is going to continue to be this, this segmented, compartmentalized, um, just, it's just a horrible condition. The church is so divided. We will continue this problem if we don't heed what I'm saying right here. We have got to stop only looking and waiting for people that meet our personal criteria and standards. Even biblical stuff now. We must 
first and foremost, ask the Father who we are to walk alongside and then humbly do as He asks of us. Period. Father, what do you want? Who do you want me to be with? Who do you want me to walk alongside? Because that's got to be my criteria. Well, they don't, they don't, they do, they do. Out, out, out. They might be in. They're in for sure. And they're... It is not up to me to determine the stone that I am beside. Do you hear what I'm saying? We don't have the right to choose the living stone that Father places us beside in the building and erecting of His holy temple. And I don't want to take that responsibility for myself. It is up to Him. He will be the orchestrator of the building. He builds the house to jump off of another scripture that we all know. He's the builder. From the one who might be considered the wildest to the most conservative, there can be unity in the Spirit if both parties are humble and willing to come together on the baseline reality that there is a structure to be built. There is a mysterious oneness to be discovered in our unity together and laying down our own will and ways. We can do things and believe things differently and be in unity of the Spirit. Looking, believing, and talking like like each other is not unity. This is a hard word for some people. This is a hard word for me, okay? (laughs) Looking, believing, and talking like one another is not the definition of unity. Align 20 women who look just like my wife, and we walk with them for six months, that does not mean or equate to us being in unity together. It does not mean that. It is more than that. It is a substitute, I would say, for the real, that only walking in the Spirit together can produce. We must be a spiritual people walking together in unity. So what then do we do with verses such as 1 Corinthians 1.10? I've, I've talked about this several times. I said we would get there, and here we are. Paul says this, quote, Nevertheless, brothers, I call on you in the name of Lord Yeshua the Messiah to all agree in what you say, and not let yourselves remain split into factions, but re- be restored to having a common mind and a common purpose. Okay, so he's saying, he, he's calling upon the brothers in Corinth, to all agree in what they say. And don't let yourselves be split into factions. So number one, is the church split into factions today? In 2021, we're fixing to be 2022. Is the church in factions? Yes. Okay. So we know that's for sure. So we're doing something wrong already. And so are there groups that are saying the same thing in agreement? Yes. Doctrinal statements, church uh, you know, you go to a website and this is the doctrinal stance on this matter for either this church or for this denomination, and everybody in it agrees. Well, we know that's not true, but they seem on the outside to be saying the same thing in agreement. There are other groups I know that it is firmly established, like if you're going to come into this group, you speak what we speak on that matter. And we all say the same thing because 1 Corinthians says, well, Paul says there to the Corinthian church, you must all, you should all agree, I call on you, to all agree in what you say. Have everything in common and a common purpose. Now, I would say, having a common mind, 
Well, let's read this, and I'll, I'll, I'll read my, my vantage point on this. And I submit to you as a possibility. Romans chapter 15, quote, May the Elohim of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Messiah Yeshua, that together you may with one voice glorify Yahweh, Father of our Lord Yeshua Messiah. Now let me ask you this. If these New Testament texts are speaking of ones who are united, to be moving in unity towards a common conclusion via a unified confession, speaking the same thing, and in one accord with one voice, okay, here's the word one again in the Greek form, what are they doing? Are, are we talking about doctrinal agreement? Or is, and this, this is the thing, right? We have to get out of our Western culture mindset because and I have heard this, I've heard this very intimately acquainted in my life um, with a group that I was, I thought we were endeavoring to join ourselves with. And that was one of the biggest things was this verse right here. So this is this touched that place in me when I came across it when I was studying to compile this this series. I remember that 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 was a, a main point as we're supposed to speak the same thing, having a common mind and a common purpose, and even going into Romans chapter fifteen, so that we together with one voice glorify Yahweh, say these things. But I want to present something to you that's maybe a little bit different than our Western culture Christian mindset presents to us. What if we're not talking, what if this, what if Paul's intent was not what we have made it to be, which, of course, is what we've done with most of Paul's writings. We have misconstrued almost everything he's ever said. But I believe that this, this, these texts, instead of oppose what I'm saying, actually goes hand in hand with what we've examined to explain how we come together to build this spiritual house that I keep talking about, that grows into a place for Yahweh to dwell. When we do what I have already proposed, and I won't repeat again, about building the house and losing ourselves as the individual living stones into the whole, I believe when we're doing that, we are in agreement with what we're saying. We're saying the same thing. We are in harmony with one another, and with one voice we're glorifying Yahweh. Now, why is that? Because we're literally being formed and shaped and fashioned by Father's hand, by His doing, by His orchestration of who we're alongside, when, where, and how, and what it looks like, because our unified goal, our one voice that's coming out of our mouths that glorifies Yahweh is what? Build your house, O Father. Build your house upon Yeshua, the cornerstone, the foundation is what? We've already talked about all this stuff. You see how it comes together. The prophets, the foundation, Yeshua, the cornerstone, the living stone, the living stone, the living stone assembled by Father's hand. And what are we doing? We are, we are saying the same thing, which is what? Build your house. Build your house. What? Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Bring your kingdom down here on earth, Lord. Use me as a part, a mere part, one living stone to be assembled by your hand in whatever way and fashion you want with who you want it to be, with what may it look like you want it to look, so that all of us are saying the same thing. 
We're all saying the same thing, which is it's not about me. It's not about my pile of stones over here that I would prefer to be with. It's about the building. It's about the, the structure that if we endure long together, we will become and grow into a holy temple. Friends, it's a beautiful imagery that I believe Paul was trying to connect to us, for us rather, within this text. And when we do this in unity, like the Abram and Lot example, free from all of our stuff, laying down our stuff, all of our substance is willingly laid down, we are joined together to become something good and pleasing in the eyes of Yahweh Elohim, which points other people to Yeshua Messiah. And then the people of the nations will know us. Why? Again, for our love for one another. That John chapter 13 tells us will come to pass from Yeshua's very mouth. We need to be careful we're not just looking for social clubs where we all look and sound the same on the outside. (laughs) Rather, these verses are speaking to something much deeper and of much greater value, I would say, an inner spiritual reality where we are all groaning for Father's house to be established for His glory, for His honor, for His namesake. Not for ours. Not for our group. Not for our congregation. Not for our fellowship. Not for our ministries. For His glory. Now, Harmonious, as we start to bring this to a close, this whole series, Harmonious is often used to define in the scriptures um, this oneness. Um, The goal is surely not to all look the same. It's not. It has musical connotations. If you just do a word study, even in the New Testament of of harmony, being in harmony together, you're a saxophone and I'm a clarinet, okay? When we play the song to the Father and, and then add a million others, it's lost into one beautiful sound. It would be very hard. In, in, now, if you've been to, I'm not done this a lot in my life, but if you've been to a symphony, back when we lived in Metro Atlanta, we, you know, we'd go to that stuff at, at different places. And we'd hear, like, I mean, legit performances now. I'm not talking about, you know, banjos out in a barn. I'm talking about, like, whoa, okay? And, and I would dare say, maybe if you're mu- really musically inclined, you could do it, but the whole point is not like, okay, I'm going to close my eyes, I'm going to try to imagine the, the clarinet, since I already said that. I'm going to try to just, I only want to hear that. Brother, it would be real hard to just hear one instrument out of a vast stage of instruments producing a harmony. You Again, this is just like the living stones. This is so beautiful to me. Thank you, Father, that you're speaking. It is all about stepping back and closing your eyes and listening to the beautiful sound as a whole that is presented from the beautiful harmony of all the parts coming together. Forget solos. Forget the man who comes to the front and has a spotlight on him. Friends, that is not the body of Messiah. That's what we see, but it is not the real. It is not the unified, beautiful mystery of the one body that Yeshua, my Messiah, is looking for to be established on the earth for the Father's glory. It's not. 
It is a harmonious, beautiful sound where it's like, you know what? I don't care about the violinist. I don't care about the clarinet player. I don't care about who's playing the baritone sax. I'm closing my eyes and I'm hearing the beautiful fruit of every part coming together to make the whole. It's the whole. Just like the Living Stones reality that we started with in part one. It is not about the Living Stones. It is about the building, the structure for our Father's glory. So what if we see things differently? What if my perception of you is not at all who you really are? We will only know if we patiently endure alongside one another. Which I can tell you firsthand, friend, takes years. It takes years. And it takes other people who actually want to do it. And there are not many. But it is beautiful when it happens. I've seen it be beautiful, pleasant, and good. I've seen it. So what was the condition of your heart when you were regenerated? How did you discover whatever you would say? Jesus, Yeshua, Torah, Christianity? We were all delivered and rescued. We all came in on the same ground level. Desperate, outcast, divorced, alone, isolated, not a people. Yeshua made a way for us to be a unified body. So that we have a chance to be part of something beautiful. So, in closing, is unity attainable in this disjointed church of our age? We must say yes. We have to say yes. If we believe that we have been instructed to continue to come together with Yahweh as our one Father, Yeshua as our one mediator, Savior, and Holy Spirit as our one guide to truth. We must lay down our possessions. The individualness that leaves no room for others. The, I, I can't do that with you because of how you are, brother. It is all about coming together to build our Father what He is worthy of. What He deserves. And equally, what He desires in in him in him now in him this is not a works thing in the sense of come on y'all let's try harder no this is the opposite this is the this is the kingdom it is what we think it is turned on its head we have to labor to walk alongside the brethren yes the scripture talks about that but it is a yielding of our will, a surrendering of our possessions, of our substance, and our preferences of how we wish or even think or are absolutely convinced, convinced according to the Word of God how it has to be. Yes and amen. Let those, let those things be strong convictions in our life for our households. But when it comes to being alongside the brethren and finding unity in the church, there has got to be a pursuit of the mystery of the one. The mystery of one. Because Yeshua said, Father, I'm about to, 
I'm about to go to my death. I'm crying out to you, Father, make them one like we are one. So that's my prayer for the church in this hour. The church age that I'm in right here in the middle of is, is we're fixing to end in a year and start another one. My prayer is that the church gets this reality, that I get it, <laughs> that we walk continually casting off everything that hinders us from pursuing the Father and pursuing Him alongside other people in the beautiful body of Messiah. So friends, think these things over, won't you? Um, share these videos if you if you feel like it speaks to you and might to someone else that you know. Find us here on YouTube. Subscribe. Go to Facebook. Reach out to us and email us. Again, your experiences, your thoughts, your thoughts towards this. Path Design Podcast at gmail.com is the place to do it. Thank you so much for watching. We are trying to rediscover the ancient way. Amen.